0: Welcome to the disenfranchised, helping you to find a career path away from employment by exploring the franchise community. My name's Ed Pennell and I'll be speaking with the entrepreneurs, experts and leaders from across the franchise community, discovering their life stories and hearing their tips for success away from the typical nine to five grind. On this bonus episode, I'm very happy to be able to introduce to you Tim Morris, who is the managing director of the sponsors of this podcast, a company called Symphony symphony just in case you're not aware and haven't heard any of the other uh, episodes uh, offer outsourced customer support services so you can focus on growing your franchise or business while they take care of your calls emails and web chats you can of course find out more about symphony and their services for franchisees and businesses by visiting www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised now despite symphony being sponsors of this podcast I actually don't know Tim all that well, um, not before speaking to him on this this interview anyway. I've had a, a few conversations with him, of course, and and shared some stories and got to know each other a little bit. But I haven't really known much about his background or his his uh, his career. And, and when I started to speak to him a little bit about the idea of coming onto the podcast, I soon realized that actually uh, his whole career is steeped within the franchise and industry. Uh, Perhaps before he even knew that and uh, has worked with brands like Holiday Inn, he set up his own franchise business, Uh, he started up a business within uh, the pub industry that was kind of similar to franchising and he's even um, been a franchise support manager for uh, large brands like Tutor Doctor as well so I think there's going to be a lot in this conversation that we can pull out of him in terms of uh, why why he's found success, how he's found success, and and how he's then supported other other individuals to build their own successful businesses as well, uh, Getting to the level he did within Tutor Doctor. He must have been doing something right. So um, yeah, quite interested to learn a bit more about him and get to know Tim and his background a bit more. So. Hopefully we can pull something out of it that's going to be uh, useful for you guys too. I'm sure there will be. So um, sit back, relax, and uh, I hope you enjoy. Catch you on the other side. So, Tim Morris, welcome to The Disenfranchised. How are you doing today? Thanks,
1: Ed. It's great to be with you. I'm doing, doing fine, thank you very much. Um, busy, 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 but uh, great to be able to talk to you.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, Tim. And um, I'm actually quite interested to, to get into your background because I, I kind of only know you through through the work that you're doing with Symphony. So um, it'd be good to see and learn a bit more about your story as a as a franchisee and as a, a support to other franchisees. So let's let's um, let's kick it off with your your first job, then, since you uh, left, left yeah. education.
1: Well, uh, since I, very, very early on, I don't know why, um, I came home from school one day and I said to, my, said to my my mom at the time, I said, I want to go into the hotel industry. And uh, to cut a long story short, that was when I was 16, uh, three or four years later when I'd done, done my training, um, I did end up in the hotel industry and that's where my career started. Um, and um, uh, I ended up uh, working for, uh, holiday inns in Southern Africa, um, as an assistant food and beverage manager, long story before that, how that ended up being, (laughs) being that. So it's, uh, it's, um, it's a really interesting uh, story, but, um, um, uh, for somebody, you know, so young, but, um, I ended up in, in Southern Africa working for holiday inns. Um, and, um, it was really, really exciting. The, the the work was really exciting. It was it was fast paced. It was um, uh, it was early on in my career learning to organize and um, and uh, plan and all of these types of things um, and deliver service. Um, and uh, yeah, I was I was with uh, with Holiday Inns for uh, nearly thirteen years um wow. in uh, in southern africa yeah
0: so, so why why the hotel sector what was attracting you to, to that world
1: you know to this day i have no idea why the original uh, statement was made to my parents that you know i want to go into the hotel industry but once i was in it what i realized was that there was this uh, i understood and and the the importance of quality of service of um of empathy towards customers understanding what those customers needed being re- um being really able to react to those individual requirements um, and um, uh, the, the more i got into this within the hotel sector i realized the power of that personal nature of service and also the quality of delivery of of that service and whether that be service or or product and it doesn't matter at what price point you are in the service um, all of the, the these elements are key to success <laughs> interestingly uh what i really enjoyed as well is that i came to realize quite quickly that i was Part of a franchise operation, <laughs> um, without even knowing that I was getting into franchising, um, I suddenly realized that, oh, hang on. Holiday Inn is a worldwide concept, um, with um, a couple of thousand hotels across goodness knows how many countries. And they're all owned by either individual, um, owners or they, part of um, part of a, a group, but there's a, there's a franchisor at that stage, the franchisor was in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, the original home of, of Holiday Inns. Um, and that quality and personal service, which I spoke about just a minute ago, um, came from an operations manual. And it came from people coming from Memphis and checking that the standards which were laid down in those operations manuals were actually being maintained. Um, And and once I understood this, I really started to understand the power of franchising in terms of the support that it gives to business people to provide a business system which is proven uh, to deliver success. yeah, it was, it, there was some, these are, this is really early on in my career. Yeah, wow. Nobody ever told me, no, nobody ever told me that I was in the franchising sector. Um, <laughs> but I, I realized that's where I was.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So uh, you say you went to South Africa. What what age was that, that you went to South Africa and, and why?
1: So, yeah, I, I, uh, I end up uh, in, in Africa, um, uh, First of all, when I was training in, uh, in, uh, just outside London and uh, I ended up in, uh, in Zimbabwe uh, for, for six months um, working there on an exchange scheme. And once I um, got the bug for Africa, uh, I then applied for, uh, for jobs um, in and around Southern Africa, and I was lucky enough to succeed in a, a role uh, within holiday ins um, in, in South Africa, and that was at the age of twenty, stroke twenty one. So I I uh, packed my suitcase. I formally emigrated, um, and uh, yeah, and uh, and and uh, I was there for twenty one years, I guess. My um, I, you know, I got married. My kids were born in, in South Africa, um, and then I came back to the UK in uh, in 2000
0: yeah it's quite a brave move at that age really isn't it you know to to i guess leave friends yeah. behind family behind and and go and start a, a new life yeah. a new career o- overseas it's, especially south yeah. africa it's not like you know nipping across to to france or belgium or germany or something like this it's, it's quite a different culture no. I'd, I'd imagine uh,
1: it was it was and of course you know we all know the history of south africa it was going through political turmoil as well um and so it was a very challenging environment to work in um for the hotel industry uh there was very little tourism international tourism going on so whereas today south africa is a you know destination of choice for many 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 thousands of people um in those days um there were hardly any tourists coming in so we you know we had challenging times in making sure that we could uh, keep the hotels um uh, functioning um but um yeah it was a it was a time I would never um i, I, I would never uh, not have done it was just yeah you know, so exciting so brilliant to see the changes which went on etc oh, so what what kind of level did you get to with
0: with Holiday Inn and um what happened next yeah so
1: i i um i went up the the career ladder um, ended up being a general manager for um, some of the large hotels. We did some brand changes as well um, um, during that time, so I was responsible for uh, converting some of the hotels from um, uh, unbranded, unbranded, if you like, franchise brands to holiday in brands because of the power of the brand, um, so we did some, some substantial um, changes. Uh, um, Changed, rebranded a hotel in Cape Town. I rebranded a hotel in uh, in Johannesburg, um, and that took me to 1995, I believe it was. Um, and uh, I got even, I got, I got more exposure to franchising at that stage during those the time that we were converting hotels to uh, to new brands. Because what we did was we uh we brought in this was the time when uh uh you'd outsource um parts of your your traditional area of business uh, to professionals so we brought in franchise brands in the restaurant sector to operate our restaurants um we created our own franchise Irish pub brand um and uh, and outsourced Uh, that brand uh, to independent operators. So within uh, a hotel that I would be managing, uh, I would uh, rather than having a restaurant manager or a bar manager, I'd have two uh, independent business owners um, managing uh, or owning the restaurant area under the the restaurant brand or the the bar under the, the bar brand. So um, that, that brought in a different dynamic. So we had um, me managing a hotel, which was franchised to Holiday Inns, and uh, I had to manage the, uh, the the restaurant owner, but they were also being managed by their franchisor, and same with the bar as well. But what it, what that did for me is as well was say, hang on, I could um, I could be an independent business owner, and what better way to go than to uh look at franchising as
0: uh as an option
1: um why don't i become a
0: franchisee um if, before we go into that i, I want to kind of go back to that dynamic with within holiday because that's re- that's really interesting i hadn't <laughs> i hadn't realized that happens you know that underneath that franchise brand there was potentially other brands that were being franchised so Do you you think having a business owner running the the restaurant or a business owner running the the, the bar, did that make it more successful or was it just less headaches for you or more
1: headaches? Yeah. It was, it was the first thing was it was more successful. um, And two in terms of headaches, it was more a different dynamic than uh, management dynamic than anything else. But, um, but absolutely it was, it was more, they were more successful. The 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 entrepreneurship of the independent business owners, but also operating to their tried and trusted business systems from their franchise or um, uh, uh, built that success. Um, and the, the restaurant brand that um, in, in one of the hotels that we had was one of the best known brand names in the restaurant sector in south africa at that time um and um, so you would get uh, all of the hotel uh, guests using it because that's they were in the hotel uh, but you'd also get uh, local residents from miles around coming to the restaurant because it was such a well-known brand
0: i I guess they'd have to pay a, a bit of a premium on that though because it's it's almost guaranteed traffic, right, to, to be in, in a, a holiday oh, hotel, which...
1: Absolutely. I mean, it was a big investment. Um, most definitely it was a big investment and uh, they'd be big spaces as well. Um, and uh, and we weren't shy to charge our rentals based on what the projected revenues was going to be. So for um, one of the things which we didn't have to worry about uh, as a hotel operator was the profitability of the bar, the profitability of the restaurant, because we just got our rent uh, uh, paid from it. We became landlords um, in a way, but that we still had to ensure that the service they delivered was up to par for our brand. Um, so um, that's where that dynamic of us working with the the business owner um, and also the franchisor to ensure that standards were maintained um, uh, at all times. Right. So t- tell me a bit more about this, uh,
0: this new venture then of yours that would become a, a business owner at, at that point, yeah. was it 90, 95, 96, you say?
1: 95. Yeah. Yeah. With a very young family, um, as well. I had, a um, uh, my son was, uh, was, um, was three, very close to three. Uh, my daughter, at that stage, hadn't even been born, um, she, was, uh, she was in her mum's womb. Um, and uh, so she had been thought about, but she hadn't been born. And little old me went home and said, I think I'm going to, we, we should start looking at, uh, at, at another opportunity. Anyway, um, I started to realise that, okay, it's, franchising is not about just bars and food and, or fast food, etc. There are lots and lots and lots of other opportunities out there um and um i i looked around and um and i found a, a, a print franchise which we would know here in the uk as Core quick um yeah. uh, call, uh, in south africa and all other countries in which that brand operated that was called that was known as QuickCopy, an american brand um and um and there was a master license Holder in in South Africa, and um, there were forty units. And um, uh, I, you know, after, after looking at other uh, types of businesses to to invest in, we chose the the print business um, to uh, to invest in. And, why um, is why is that? Because it
0: it doesn't sound the most one. exciting in the world. I have to admit, <laughs> <laughs> but that, maybe that's just to me. But <laughs> what what yeah? yeah. What, what's interesting about the the print world?
1: Um, so it was more about the opportunity Ed, than um, whether I really um, was excited about the fact of uh, printing business cards or flyers or letterheads or brochures or invoice books or anything of that. It was, it was more the opportunity. I realized that um, the opportunity was that every single business needs a printer, certainly at that time. Um, before you know, digital um, technologies had, had taken off, oh. every single business needed a printer um, and um, uh, and so for me there was a there was a huge opportunity um, I then realized of course, once I'd got back from training um, that oh hang on, every single business that exists has already got a printer <laughs> um, so the, so the what we'd learned in our training was um you know they didn't they didn't shy away from that the franchise or didn't shy away from that you had to go out and market you had to go out and uh, convince businesses to allow you to quote for uh for um uh, their current print requirements you had to be out and about in front of your target market all the time with your brand name um uh, Front and center, as much as you possibly could. So that was the first aspect. The second aspect, uh, when it came to you know, people especially coming from the hospitality, the hotel industry, lots and lots and lots of my colleagues said, What? You've gone from the hotel business to printing. It doesn't make sense. Actually, it made a huge amount of sense because what the hotel business taught me was what I mentioned earlier on, which was quality, personal service. Those two elements. Um, I had to, um, uh, because of the, 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 the way that the brand was, was structured. Um, we had to charge a premium price and that's common for many, many, many franchise brands. Um, franchising is about value and premium pricing very often. And, uh, so some of my competition, uh, the local independent quick printers, as they were called, uh, would be uh, uh, quoting out at twenty five or thirty um, uh, percent of what I was quoting i had I had to be able to deliver at significantly higher prices, and that was all about very very personal service It wasn't about the business card it was about and what was on that business card it was about um getting beneath the skin of the businesses the business owners it was about getting uh understanding their business it was um uh it was about um understanding the challenges um and uh you know we could talk talk this bit for for an hour on it on its own um but you know, I've, I literally, because of the power of, of franchising as well, and it was a global franchise. Um, just one one example, uh, a, a personal assistant of a uh, managing director of um, of a fairly uh, uh, of the big caterpillar heavy uh, machinery um, uh, licensee in, in South Africa. They they approached me and they said, look. He's going to the States. He hasn't got any business cards. Uh, We need them. Well, I couldn't print them in time. Um, uh, But what we were able to do was um, get the proof done, get the specifications of the business card. I sent the image uh, via email to the local printer in, uh, in the States. They printed them. They delivered them to his hotel, and the hotel put them on his pillow for when he arrived in his room.
0: Awesome. <laughs>
1: there is, yeah. If that, that they didn't care what they paid for those business cards. They had their business cards, and it was done really personally, and it came with with you know my guarantee that we would make this happen for them. um And that's just one story of many that uh, that I was able to deliver on, and it was all through that. What I learned in the hotel industry, very, very personal service, understanding individual's personal needs at any given time, empathizing with those, making sure that you can um, you can solve those problems. I used to say to people, this print problem is not your problem anymore. I've just taken it from your shoulder and I put it firmly on my shoulder. But I'm responsible for this, not you. You can relax now. People believed in that um and and it worked it really really worked
0: yeah uh, uh, having a a a fairly I'd say fairly decent career in sales that I've that I've had um I think personalization is massively important even more so in today's world I think because um we're used to everything being personalized to us you know um when I go onto Google I notice that all the stories that pop up Google News this is uh, what I noticed that all of the stories are related to articles that I've read in the past. That I, I don't get general news anymore. I get news that's tailored to me on my yes. recommendations on Spotify or Amazon Music. It's always music that's relevant to me. Netflix, it's the same. And um, I think just as a society, we're used to that personalization. And um, I think um, businesses that aren't keeping up to speed with that, you know, they're they're the ones that are going to get left behind, even if it's cheaper, a cheaper service, like you say, you, you ultimately are going to lose out to that personalization. I I personally think I, anyway,
1: I, 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 I don't I don't think we even have to uh, doubt that in any in any way we human beings uh, just absolutely love personal attention um, for a few years i think as the big digital giants moved into the service delivery space that personalization did uh, have a hiccup and as consumers we were accepting that um you know we we, we didn't get personal service in on, in many areas uh but the as you Build that personalization back in, consume, you can, you can virtually see consumers, uh, and clients breathe a sigh of relief that, ah, somebody gets it. (laughs) Somebody understands. And even the big giants, that's why they're doing it. Because, um, when we, when we first, uh, certainly me, when I first used to get, um, fed, uh or served up to me articles which were perfect for me um i'd i'd how on earth do they know well of course we know now we understand that you know how it all works so we we couldn't do ourselves but we understand that there's stuff going on in the background algorithms etc but it's great why serve me up stuff which i'm not interested in when you know there is lots of stuff which i am interested in and i'm being served up and it's absolutely satisfying my needs um and um uh, and and yeah the more that we do it uh, and offer that personalization um the 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 more successful our businesses will be and and it's it's personalization with belief that you're doing the right thing for your clients um that you're not just doing this because it will you know it will create a bottom line, but if you've got that real belief, because with that belief comes sincerity and all of that type of thing with that, all of that comes referrals, word of mouth, um, reviews. Um, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly powerful. Yeah.
0: I guess it's the follow up that's important as well, isn't it? You know, once you've got their, their money in hand, don't, don't disappear. It's, it's a partnership that you right. can turn it into for the long term, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that, exactly important yeah. so um quick copy then you was with them for five to six years is that right um five years yeah how, how and why yeah. did that that end
1: so um nothing more than you know uh the 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 situation in south africa at the time with young kids um which hasn't really changed since then um you know there, there was. Um, career prospects to think about for future education for, for our kids, those um, safety concerns. So, um, you know, going, going to visit South Africa as a tourist is a, a wonderful thing to do. Um, living in South Africa um, is, um, you know, is, um, you've got to be prepared to, to, to deal with those, those uh, challenging issues that it, that it has. Um certainly had at that time. So we chose to um to move the family um to the UK. Um and I sold I sold the business. Um it took three weeks to sell. Um and uh and it was so it was a it was a good sale. I'd built the business up. So uh f- from a franchising point of view, franchises uh have a value to them uh, when you want to exit and that's exactly what I did. And I handed over, um, what I believe to have been a very strong business for, for the future owner to, to carry on there.
0: So who did you, you, you sell it to? Was it, um, uh, another franchisee maybe looking to expand their territory or was it, um, somebody outside of the, the, the quick copy family?
1: So somebody uh, outside the quick copy family, but again, somebody who understood franchising, uh, they had a, uh, a a shell garage uh, franchise. Um, oh, okay. Interestingly, so they were moving, you know, they were diversifying um, in, as well. Uh, they just saw the opportunity and um, yeah, uh, we uh, I think he, he was the second person who came to look at the business. He did his due diligence um, and um, yeah, we, we uh, we got approval from the franchisor, and uh, that was it. Cool. Yeah, yeah sounds, sounds almost <laughs> too easy. <laughs> it was. I have to say, I, I was I was quite surprised at the time. Um, so I have no illusions. So anybody you know li- listening to to our conversation, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's not always uh, a three week uh, job yeah. to sell a to sell a business. Yeah, I, I know I know within um
0: some franchise brands it's quite easy almost to um pass on your your book of work or clients on to, you know, another franchisee especially if it's not completely territory based, you know. Um yes. that, that can be quite simple to do. But I've spoken to other brands where yeah, there's there's always someone in the network who wants to expand. But I guess in, in, in most cases you you look into somebody external, right. And to try to buy that business. And I think that's a quite an interesting, um, scenario because I think if you want to start your own business, you want to start it from scratch. Almost that I I feel like, or that maybe that's me personally. Um, I I'd be cautious of taking over somebody else's clients because I don't know if I would have that same relationship, but, I guess there's people out there that are experienced in doing this and, um, that's, that's a really good proposition for them to take a business that's already thriving. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that, um, and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, uh, during our conversation, I'm sure we'll move on to franchising support and how I moved into that. But one of the areas of franchising support is talking to franchisees about what your exit plan is, um, and creating value in the business so that you can, uh you have an asset which you can uh you can sell just like uh you know you, your house that that you you purchase and you build up its value some of that is market driven um in business it's it's business success driven um and uh and that that's that's an element of um of business ownership which shouldn't be underestimated because it they like, you know they can be valuable assets
0: well let let let's let's jump into that support piece now so um, I know for, for the next five years, you, um, who's the owner of four licensed properties in the, the, the pub <laughs> industry from the looks of things. So, um, obviously, yeah. um, uh, entrepreneurship was, was still in your blood. And w- was that kind of like, a yeah, let's, let's touch on it quickly. Was that kind of like a franchise organization that you were operating under there or
1: so it's, um. It wasn't, but it had elements that were very, very similar to uh, to franchising. So um, it was back in the uh, the early two thousands when I'd moved, the family and myself had moved back to the UK, and we were looking at uh, what we should do: should we um, should we go and get paid employment, or should we carry on, as you say, with this entrepreneurial um, business ownership um, desire that we had, and it, um, uh interestingly uh something which i hadn't mentioned earlier to ed on our conversations was that i i was offered a job in franchising actually before we took on the pubs, and that was um, also in the quick print sector um i got a uh, i got offered a, a support role with pronto print at the time um but i chose ultimately to carry on uh, business ownership and um at that stage um the big um uh, pub companies such as Punch and Enterprise and others were um, were virtually purchasing the entire freehold space of, of pubs um, in the UK, um, and um, uh, it was a uh, you could you could access the uh, the the pub a uh, business opportunity um, very cost effectively um, with. Uh, with also the the opportunity to exit um, at some point if you took took on a lease. So um, so the, the 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 vision of um, uh, business ownership, exit opportunity, and a sector which I knew incredibly well from a food and beverage point of view seemed to make sense. Um, and so um, yeah, I invested in uh, as you say uh, four. Uh, pubs uh, with uh, with uh, restaurants w- with them as well, um, and, um, and and worked those for three or four years, um, and and exited uh, exited from them as well uh, one at a time. Um, but the the because they were um, uh, the the business relationship was between me as a business owner and the pub company um the pub company provided uh business support so business development managers marketing uh departments who would give you marketing support in terms of uh, menus uh, flyers promotional uh, items etc etc um we they also had um uh, great relationships with the big brewers so you could get uh, marketing support from the brewers as well um and you'd have um regular Um, business development meetings with your area business development manager but you operated as your own independent business under your own business name not under a franchise brand name that was the fundamental difference and the standards which you implemented into your business uh, were entirely your responsibility the business development managers would perhaps give you advice but ultimately if you chose you know not to clean the pub or have you know um uh, have um, stains on your on your glassware or you you served warm beer um or you didn't smile when customers walked into the pub uh, that was you know that was your problem um, tragedies of
0: course definitely <laughs>
1: you, yes exactly exactly um so um but so that that for me as a business owner there was support there um what I realized at the time when I was, uh, operating those, uh, those, those businesses, um, was that the support which is given by franchise operations is so much more than the support that I was getting from the pub companies. Even though the, you know, it's, there was quite a lot of support from the pub companies, but things, you know, operations manuals accounting processes um uh um just the fact that you are part of a um in a franchise group you uh, network you're part of a much wider brand and that networking goes on between franchisees the the um the regional meetings the team calls the the annual general meetings the um uh the digital marketing support there's so much more that um that that, um franchise franchise organizations give um that that was a that was a realization what i what i you know again this whole thing of franchising in my career was the 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 power of um uh of that franchising brings um because of that um Uh, the business system which has been has already been developed the experience the um uh, and taking so many of your hats that you need as a business owner and uh and the comfort of knowing that there's a this 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 structure behind you which is there to help you be successful yeah i think it's really underrated isn't it
0: i think people look at their franchise license fee and think okay so that's just going on the training and that's it, it it's it's buying you access isn't it really to all that that support and just knowledge that surrounds not just from the franchisor but from the other franchisees and that's that's something that I've, I've said time and time again i think surprises me is that um they're willing to help each other so much the franchisees but also actually the franchising community as a whole just seems to be really supportive of of one another and of, uh, I think it's quite infectious, really, when you're part of it to to want to help others where you can as well. And um, yeah, I, that's that's the thing yeah. that I think is um, most underrated about franchising, really.
1: Yeah, so- absolutely. It's it, it's incredibly. If you were to, if you were to add up the value of the support that uh, uh, that you you actually got from from a uh, franchisor, um, I think most people would be uh, staggered one one final thing which i could if while we're on this this, sure. this this area of of where i am in my career going right the way back through the common thread apart from franchising is when i've commented about quality service value etc cetera, etc cetera. again the pub industry in the uk is very very competitive there are many businesses business uh sectors actually which aren't very competitive but um you know pubs are uh, renowned for you know if you if you put your beer up by a penny you know everybody complains you know and or can i put can i put my prices up etc cetera, etc cetera. well again if you make sure that that pub has the, the it's clean it's got great service you're treated as a you know that personal service you're recognized when you go in the the beer's the right temperature the music's the right level the ambiance, the, the the lighting is correct, um, all of those things, the food is great, um, uh, you can charge a premium um, and, uh, and people are quite prepared to pay uh, 10p, 20p, 30p more for a pint of beer than they can get down the road or another quid for their burger or whatever it may be um two things that that does one it is is it allows the business owner to invest further in delivering that great quality and service etc um and it also uh makes the business more commercially viable and successful for the business owner um so everybody wins customer wins the business wins in terms of its uh, the ability to invest in it and the business owner wins Um, because it becomes more commercially viable and more profitable and that continues to add value to the uh, to the business for exit purposes
0: yeah and it's it's probably less stressful going out there trying to find new um new clients all the time if we're talking about a b2b world you know um i I know from myself where perhaps i was a little bit naive in my early career you know if you're just in it to 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 do a transaction and you, you you do it cheap, you're not as invested in putting all your time and effort into delivering a great service. you can just sort of churn through the numbers and before you know it yeah. it's, it's it's tough work. keep on chasing after new clients all the time, isn't it? you know very tough, very um, tough. so when yeah. you have a client, it's better to um or customer it's better to kind of nurture those relationships and you'll get longer term business out of them and as you start stacking those customers or clients one on top of the other. It, it then that's, almost just becomes a a re- repeating model, doesn't it? A sort of almost residual kind of model that, um, means you don't have to do as much chasing in the long run, which I think is, uh, everybody's dream, isn't it? To have some form of passive yeah. income, but I'm not saying that is that Kate. That's, that's the case, but it, it's a little bit easier when you're, you're speaking to a client who already trusts you than, than somebody who's, uh, brand new to Very what much do. so. Yeah. 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 So, um, I'm looking at your, your profile here and, um, you know, you've worked for a couple of big name, um, franchise brands then as franchise support manager, national support manager, national support manager again. Um, Mm. and then, uh, with tutor doctor more recently, you know, country manager and, and franchise field consultant. So you've spent a lot of time in, in your career supporting people of these, uh, franchisees of these brands. So. I, I wanted to ask you a, a couple of questions around this. Um, so I wanted to know what were some of the biggest challenges you saw those franchisees facing in those in those businesses, and were there any kind of without, common trends?
1: Yeah, without a doubt, the the common thread uh, across all the brands I've worked for, um, uh, and this is not just common to the UK, because when I was with Tutor Doctor uh the um i was supporting a, a team of uh managers across the globe so we we were responsible for uh i was i was responsible ultimately for nearly 350 franchisees in 16 different countries and the commonality is the challenge of small business owners to go out there and build their sales and as we were just talking about that you know that um uh that Uh, repeat business, um, uh, et cetera. Small business people um, have got lots and lots of hats to wear. The franchise will take some of those hats and and wears them firmly on their head. But there's still a lot of work that a new business owner has to do. And many, many franchisees come from uh, backgrounds uh, that uh, they're they're not uh, familiar with sales processes, they're not familiar with marketing processes and how that all works and builds together. Um so um uh, the, the the by far the 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 largest amount of uh, support time is spent uh with uh franchisees in helping them to uh learn uh and execute on uh, marketing strategies and uh, and also to um, to learn how to get the best possible opportunity out of every inquiry that uh, that those marketing activities uh, build in.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. So, um, what what was your re- relationship like with the, the franchisees then? Where you kind of. Uh... Uh, I'm imagining you're not given your, your your personality and who you are, but you know, is it like a dictator and um, you know, do it this way and and you'll have success, or is it more as a friend? Is it as a coach or consultant? You know, what what was yeah. that kind of um, relationship like with the the franchisees?
1: Yeah, great question, Ed. Because um, again, this goes right back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, every single franchisee is as an individual person uh who has a different understanding of the world around them um they also have diff- their own challenges in life um and um an understanding digging in deeper into that person uh who they are what you know uh, um what challenges they have what needs they have helps to have to frame those conversations with uh with franchisees to um ultimately uh get the best uh for them um so uh I want, yeah the easy answer is i'm definitely not a dictator um uh i absolutely believe in the operations manual for a franchise brand and the standards which must be maintained and delivered but that i personally will always uh marry that to the individual franchisee to find the best way that franchisee to
0: find their success great stuff so i um i'm looking at the time and i know we're coming to yeah. sort of uh, 50 minutes now into our, our time speaking together so i've got sure. kind of one more question to ask you um about your your career and, and what you're doing now more specifically right. and then i'm going to dive into the, the three more Three questions I'll ask okay. everybody towards the end, but um, I think it ties in quite nicely to what we've been talking about, really. So you've um, sure. you're now um, working with Symphony as the managing director. So uh, anybody who listens to a few of these podcasts will know that you've um, you guys are sponsoring us or powering our our podcast, which I massively appreciate, of course. But um, I think what the service that you provide, um, perhaps talk about that a little bit for me, just for for a minute, but. What I want you to kind of um, include in there is how the how you've seen buying behavior change over your time as a franchise support manager, and and then how Symphony are helping to to combat that challenge. Yeah. Their mind. Yeah. No,
1: no, no. Sure. Uh, quite a big question in that. And <laughs> certainly. I mean, I, uh, some people would uh, would think, uh well, uh, this is another change that he's made in his career from from hotel business to franchising, and now. Yeah. Uh, into symphony, which is an inbound communication specialist. Um, that's a posh name if you like for a telephone answering service, although we're not a telephone answering service, we are a, a, communications, uh, inbound communications business, which, um, allows consumers their channel of choice as we've, as, um, as consumers have moved along the years, um, uh, telephone, is one channel which we use to communicate with each other Um, another channel is just as we're doing at the moment video Um, another one is uh web chat another one is via social media whatsapp is a very popular uh, channel of choice um so there are many many um there are many many opportunities for consumers to communicate with uh businesses um but it's really difficult for small businesses and some large businesses to be able to manage those uh, channels of choice um, choice e- efficiently. Um, there's nothing worse than uh, going onto a web chat and it says, sorry, we have no chatters here at the moment, or um, ch- a chat is, o- is only open from nine o'clock in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon. People want immediacy um especially uh, millennials generation x and z um etc um so th- that's what what symphony does um how i got to be working for symphony or uh, heading up symphony is was it's uh, tutor doctor i uh, had realized a number of years ago that uh, this challenge of um uh, of sales was partly driven by the fact that um franchisees were um, uh missing a lot of opportunities to convert inquiries into into sales um, only because they were busy doing other stuff. So calls would come in and they would be at a meeting uh, with a, another potential client or they'd be driving or something of that nature. And the call would go to voicemail very, very often voicemail. Uh, people do not leave voicemail, so you've lost the call. Very And even more so, even if they do leave a voicemail to phone back and try and convert that inquiry, very often the calls are not answered um, at, um, or ultimately, if you can catch them, they say, sorry, I don't need the service anymore. That's often because you've lost the moment when they did want the service or they found another supplier. Um, in this world of choice, it's very easy to find. Time a kills place. deals, doesn't it? it is time, people I always say. I, thank, thank you. Thank you, Ed. I've just, I'm going to steal that. I know
0: just yeah. from, from, from personal experience recently. So, um, lo- looking to do something with the, 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 website that I'm, I'm, I'm running, you know, I've, um, I sent out a message to a few people and, um, the people that come back to me quickly, or I could get hold of by phone or or send an email to on even LinkedIn, you know, is, is how I approach some people. Um, the ones that come back quicker are the ones that are more likely to, to get my business rather than, um, you know, having to wait. And I'm actually, um, I've noticed this about me is I get a bit bored of doing the back and forth emails where you're trying to arrange a time to speak to someone (laughs) I'd rather have it instant you know and i've seen chats actually where you can just pick a time. facebook to actually um you just pick a time to speak to somebody book that in and great okay that's that's sorted there there and then i don't have to send the email wait for a response check my spam then send one back saying this time or this time and that doesn't work you know that immediacy like you say is really really important and um
1: exactly
0: yeah it's quite interesting i i when um you you we we first started speaking i was uh, maybe a little bit skeptical about symphony and the the impacts i could see it having within sales but actually i I really get it now now i look at my own behaviors especially (laughs) since since covid um yeah yeah, you know you do want everything now especially where it's online it's um
1: absolutely
0: yeah all about absolutely um, getting that service at that quality level quickly and um
1: that's right really, and we really call
0: it to your career
1: yeah so we we call it omni channel um so omni channel is really with, with with omni it's every everything so any any piece of communication that comes into a, a business which we're supporting um is is queued and answered and whether it be email or telephone or web chat or social media etc cetera, etc cetera. um uh, form fills on websites and um so so um yeah it, i came to symphony via tutor doctor um and um because we uh, tutor doctor was a brand which was being supported by symphony amongst the other um uh i think we're it's around about 23 franchise brands we support at the moment um and uh, and we'll you know continue to grow that I, I have no doubt because this is one of the biggest challenges that both franchisees have and franchisors have franchisors Continually struggle with their support to um, to find the solutions to uh, you know to that immediacy to when the form is filled to how to respond to web chat uh, quickly to uh, how to ensure that the phone is is picked up straight away um, or or it's responded to within that golden window of five minutes which has been proved by the you know, Harvard Business Review but way back when. Um, the every time there's a delay there is uh that there's a distinct risk that that sale will be lost um there's a much higher chance of success if you've got immediacy, media suit. And, and we prove that time and time again uh with with what we do
0: fantastic look um I, I can actually talk about it for a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> We've got three minutes and I want to ask you um, one, one final question before before we wrap up. And that's, um, you know, obviously you've spent a lot of time looking at um, and, and supporting franchisees, looking at their businesses, trying to find efficiencies in what they're doing, um, focusing on customer service as well and, as providing quality, but if if you could pick one piece of advice you'd give to anybody who's maybe looking at buying a franchise or or getting into the franchising world what would that
1: be the advice has to be that um franchising franchise models franchise business systems are built out of proven systems and the operations manual is there to help a franchisee be successful not to hinder a franchisee from being successful. So um, follow that, that manual, follow the system and you will be successful. There will be areas where you are not as strong in delivery, such as sales, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Use your franchisor and the expertise that they have to guide you to success that that uh, that operations manual is there for you to be a success not to hinder your success
0: fantastic good good advice and um, there's one other thing that's just sort of um, popped into my mind there of uh, what symphony is kind of like within your your career and that they're like the the the, the restaurant right <laughs> within the, the the bigger franchise chain you know yeah i, I think it's outsourcing um one yeah. area of the business for somebody yeah. who's um, specialist in it. And as you said before, with franchisees, juggling many things in their their minds, exactly um, outsourcing something that like, you know, responding quickly could be quite, quite valuable. So, uh, uh,
1: exactly that that's exactly it. Um, we, uh, we are an outsourcer to thousands of clients. Um, and, uh, and that's that you, you've said it absolutely correctly. And, you know, if you go onto our website, the banner is the power of the personal. Um, it's, it, we, we, we take a lot of time to understand the needs of each of our individual clients. Um, so we, we, we don't sound vanilla um, in any of the interactions that we have. And that's really important as well.
0: Fantastic. Tim,
1: thank you very, very much for your time
0: today. And thank you for sharing your your career story with us and um, your insights and um, hope you have a great day. Thank you very much.
1: Oh, it's It's been an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. And thanks for allowing me the opportunity. We'll hopefully do it again sometime.
0: Sounds good. Cheers, Tim.
1: All right. Okay, Ed, thank you.
0: So there we go. That was my conversation with Tim Morris from Symphony. His early career was really fascinating to hear that at the age of 20 he was heading off to South Africa to, to go and work for Holiday Inn within an industry that he always wanted to be in. Um, I always envy people that are, are, are like that and that early on in their career they managed to find a purpose, find a goal and go, go and achieve it. Um, must be such a, a, an awesome feeling for, for, for Tim to have had and such an experience as well. I mean. Uh, working and learning from a, a big franchise chain like Holiday Inn without even noticing you're, you're in that franchising world, I think set him up to, to go down the career path that he he did it ultimately go into. And um, I guess the, the most important, well not most important, but the most interesting thing I found there was that within the hotel chains themselves, they had franchise businesses that were providing the restaurant service or the, the coffee shops and since, since listening back to it, I've realized actually that that happens in a lot of workplaces or uh, in hotels, I guess, that I've been to where you see a Starbucks in there or Costa or something like this. And it's it's quite commonplace, I guess, out there in the world. But to me, it's just something I hadn't really thought of that even that franchise business was using another franchise business to outsource one of their services, which I thought was pretty interesting. Anyhow, so um, really impressed with uh, the answer he gave for you know why working in the printing industry as well because I have to be honest I've always wondered why would you start a you know flooring company or why would you start a printing company it doesn't sound that exciting or or that much of a an industry where you're you're going to get a lot of enjoyment but I think Tim said it said it there really that somebody needs to do it and if there's not that many people out there, there's an opportunity, right? And a lot of the stuff that you're doing around the product itself or the service itself can actually be the fun and exciting elements to it. So um, that, that I quite liked. And then before I kind of carry on talking for too long, I'm just gonna kind of wrap up and say those, those two key things that Tim mentioned, quality and service. I think I've heard it from a, quite a few uh, experts now from around the franchising industry. Uh, this is how you build uh, a successful business with repeat customers coming back and time and time again, you build a brand this way. And I guess that's why it's written into the contracts, into the operations manuals for these franchise businesses, how to deliver that quality service, um, you know, that is personalized and can actually um, make sure that your, your clients are coming back time and time again. So. I could I could dig into loads more of this, and and I'm sure we'll get Tim back on another time to speak about more things, um, you know, like exit plans and the amount of support provided by franchisees, but. Um, Hopefully you got something out of this too. i really enjoyed the conversation with Tim and thank you very much for listening. You can find out everything about what we're doing on thefranchise.com, so www.thefranchise.com or track us down on LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram or even YouTube maybe um, to see what's going on. Plenty of videos coming out in the new year and podcast episodes. And of course, don't forget to check out symphony at www.symphony.co.uk forward slash disenfranchised and we hope to see you on the next one thanks very much bye bye